Hi, I'm Craig Lance. I'm Will Davison. I'm Mark Winterbottom. I'm Greg Murphy. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Ford starts a war of words with Roland Dane. Uh, I was surprised at uh, some of the content of that email. Brink Gas Racing takes its mark. Nice to have someone else come, on, come and drive the car and, and uh, confirm the things that, um, that I've been saying. And it's testing times ahead of Queensland Raceway with the Kelly Boys putting Troy Bayless through his paces. I'm chasing that next step in my, in my career. I'd love to be involved in the V8s, whether it be in the main game or as a development driver. We look at that and more today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Roland Dane has spoken out about a leaked Ford email which suggested that Triple Eight was dumped because they breached one of their contract conditions when the team changed to the Team Vodafone livery. Dane told the V8 Insiders that Triple Eight has never broken a contract and he defended his team's reputation over Ford Australia President Varela's claims. Uh, I was surprised at uh, some of the content of that email because uh, it, um, <laughs> uh, it, it um, made a case that we had uh, broken our contract with them, which we, which we haven't. And uh, so in that, in that sense, I'm surprised. Dane also told the V8 Insiders that Ford only once asked if Vodafone would approve a blue livery similar to the one used by the English cricket team. But Ford was told that they only had used the blue logo because that was the colour approved by the English cricket board. Dane also pointed out that the cat car was always yellow and black. The Stone Brothers for years ran a Ford in green Caltex colours and that never affected those teams receiving Ford monies. Brad Jones was previously the last high-profile team to defect from Ford. He could not believe that Ford would pull the pin over the colour of the 888 cars. Blame for them leaving Ford and coming to Holden, if there is such a thing, lays wholly and solely at the feet of the people of Ford. And uh, the people that decided, if it's true not to uh, support them because they've got a little bit of red on their car. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. And I think Jeff Polites, who went to a lot of trouble to organise to get the numbers right with Ford versus Holden and rebuild the brand and get them back into motorsport, and Howard Marsden, who did a sensational job, you know, sadly, they'd be turning in their grave. He's not surprised, though, that Roland Dane would make the move to Holden. It was always on the cards once Ford decided they weren't going to support Triple Eight that, that uh, they'd be looking around for another manufacturer. And I... I was a little, you know, I, I'm not surprised at all to tell you the truth, but I thought they might bob up with a different manufacturer. Garth Tander has re-signed with HRT for two more years. Walkinshaw Performance securing Davison Tander and, of course, that Holden money. Mark Scaife has confirmed that he will be the new pairing with Greg Murphy for the Enduros later this year. The two drivers, who have nine wins at Bathurst between them, are looking forward to the chance to drive together.
The team is confident they can put a lacklustre season behind them and build on Murphy's second placing at the mountain last year. We, we are, we're working away, obviously, like everyone else is at the moment, to, to still try and carry, it, carry that on and find that speed. We tested on Monday and had a, had a reasonably good day there with uh, a couple of things, and Mark was, um, was there to drive the car as well, which was uh, very useful. His inputs, obviously, um, you know, he's very technical, and, and, uh, and the amount of experience that he's got, all of his inputs, um, are very helpful. So, you know, we're, we're just working away, carrying on, and, and, um, and so we found, find a few, found a few things on Monday, and hopefully that is going to help us improve. So we're just going to get that consistency going, and it's been very hard to find. In testing news from Winton this week, James Moffat's got his first run of the FPR Falcon. Jack Daniels racing tested motorcycle great Troy Bayless. Uh, it was a great experience. Um, I came along yesterday and uh, went and had a look at the Kelly Racing, you know, the setup down there. It's a, it's a great facility. It's on par with the best that I've seen, that's for sure. Done a great job. And uh, the guys asked me long to come and do a few laps. Uh, and it's nice. It's been a long time since I've been at Winton. Uh, back in 97 on a superbike, but I uh, really enjoyed it and uh, actually my first time, you know, a lot of cars out on the track, uh, although, you know, I haven't done much in the V8 at all, so it was, it was a good experience today. Ben Collins, the British driver, had his first chance to try out the Jack Daniels Racing Commodore. Um, it's a very friendly team, so I feel very welcome straight away, which is a good start to the whole process. And I'm um, just getting used to the car again. It's a long time, I was in February, I had a few laps with the HRT. Um, so it's remembering how these cars want to be driven. It's very different to what we race in Europe. The Kelly boys happy with the performance of both Bayless and Collins. It's a breath of fresh air when you can come to a track like this and um, allow talents like um, Bayless and, and Ben the opportunity to jump in the car. And it's, like I say, it's a breath of fresh air to see them jump out of the car with a smile on their face. You forget how you know how much fun it is to drive out supercars sometimes with our series of business cats. Hamilton has announced its 2010 date with a new naming rights sponsor coming on board for the flagship New Zealand event. The ITM 400 will be held on April 16 through 18. The interest now awaits to see if this is the first or the last overseas trip for the V8 supercars in season 2010. The annual Auto Action Drivers Poll has been revealed this week with Team Vodafone and Jamie Winkup taking out most of the major awards from the drivers of the series. Michael Caruso and Gary Rogers Motorsports have been the giant killers as far as the drivers are concerned. And with Paul Morris gone, it looks like the knives are out for Stephen Richards, taking both the dirtiest and the biggest underperformer awards. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. An extended roundtable this week is next when we return. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly from Jack Daniels Racing and you're listening to the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. This week, joining us from Big Pond Sport, it's the dynamic duo of Gordon Lomas in Queensland and Briar Gunther down there in Victoria. 
Good evening to both of you. Good evening, Craig. How are you doing? Very well. Look, uh, one thing that has been very interesting this week is that Mark Scaife has confirmed that he will be running for sprint gas racing in the Enduros. I, I have to ask a question, Gordon. Where do you think this fits for the most successful driver in V8 Supercar Australian Touring Car Championship round history. Is it good for his legacy or could this actually damage it, particularly with the way sprint gas racing have been going this year? Well, firstly, I think it's great news. Uh, I think it's great news for everyone concerned. It's It's been in the melting pot for quite some time, as a lot of people know, and uh, finally it's it's been confirmed. But, uh, you know, if you hark back to last year, you know, Mark Scaife really got out of the game prematurely. I think most people are, will agree with that. I think he's still got quite a few few years at this level, you know, left in him, and he'll be the first to admit that. Um, you know, for one reason or another, he um, he you know had to uh, had to retire at the end of last year, and you know, uh, as as a lot of us know, he didn't really have the proper send off that. Um, his record over the years, um, you know, would uh, would suggest. Uh, he, you know, I mean, he deserved a really, really good send-off. A legend like him who's been, you know, at this level for so many years and has, you know, won so many races and titles and championships and whatever else, and he didn't really have a proper send-off. So I, I welcome Mark Scaife to the fold in the Enduros with open arms. Brian, what about you? Yeah, look, I agree sort of along the same lines as Gordo. Um, I mean, as you, you did touch on, he he still has a lot left in him, I think. I mean, he only won the last championship, I think it was something like 2003. So, you know, I mean, that was only a, half a decade ago now. So he's clearly still got it in him. Uh, the HRD, HRT thing was, um, you know, just all a bit of a shame. And, and the way it all panned out just meant that he couldn't race with them anymore. And, um, you know, he still could have done that, though. There was no reason why he couldn't still drive and, and competently. So the only uh, issue is, I mean, as you touched on, you know, the sprint gas cars haven't been... Uh, all that up to scratch this year and in recent years. However, they always do seem to bring the, the goods to the table at Bathurst. So um, I think they should have a problem there. But um, the other issue is you can have it where, you know, I mean, Mark is such a legend in the category and if he starts coming back to the Enduros and not performing, that could sort of damage that legend. So that's what I think he has to be careful about. Gordon, I, I, I think it's going to be very good for the two races and we already saw what a bit of media in Melbourne to get bums on seats as we saw with the build-up to Sandown and I, I'm sure that uh, Scafey, although he is a New South Welshman, he has got a, a lot of uh, fans down there in Victoria which is now his home and I think that uh, the Victorian fans will want to do, like you said, give them, give him a, uh, a rousing reception there. Yeah, oh, tremendous! Isn't it tremendous? You know, like it, it's you know, as a promotional tool, it's just so so good. And um, and I think you know, I mean, you know, Mark Scaife, you know, is a massive massive name and a, and a huge product. And uh, and you know, as a promotion, I think both Phillip Island and Bathurst uh, have uh, have won out big time there. If you look at uh, drivers that you would like to come back, I'm, I'm sure there would be quite a list of guys who perhaps didn't have a chance over the ages, Gordo. 
who, if you could pick them up just at the end of their career, they they might have stepped aside a bit too early. Who would who would be top of your list out, outside of Scaife, of course? Oh, gee, it's a tough question. That is a really, really hard question. Um, oh, you know, what I'd really like to see, and it's probably a little away from your question, and it, and it can't be done, obviously, but it's it's just a little bit of a, a little bit of a pipe dream. Is guys like you know from the '60s, guys like you know the Gagans and and you know Storm and Norman Beachley and all those sort of guys. I'd love to see them back you know, cutting it in this day and age with this technology. Because the real difference nowadays is, back in those days, the guys who normally won were very good drivers, but they were the best engineers in general. They were the ones that could get their car to last. It weren't necessarily the hardest driver. Like Alan Grice said, if anyone can build me a car tough enough to withstand my style, I'll win in it. And he went on to prove that time and time again. But, you know, he broke a lot of cars, whereas other drivers like uh, Brock were able to nurse a car all the way through a race. That's true. That's, that's so very, very true. I mean, you know, there's a lot of drivers in this, in this field today, and I'm not denigrating them, but they're just there purely to set up the car and drive the car. They're not engineers. Some of them are. But, uh, you know, Todd Kelly's a very good example. He's an engineer as well as a race driver. But, you know, so few of the young guys coming through have got that engineering ability behind them that, you know, most of them just grab the steering wheel in their hands at a meeting and then, uh, and then their job is, is to get the car around as quickly as possible. Mm. Brian, I feel like I've left you out, but uh, one thing that the announcement on Monday at Winton where a number of teams tested, and I, I know you were across all the testing there on Monday, but uh, it was the marks, plural, coming to Sprint Gas Racing, and uh, it's interesting to see Mark Noski getting the nod to race with Bargs. I mean, um, Noski's been a, a bit of a, a stayer at that team in the Enduros in the last few years. So um, we actually had a bit of a conversation about this um, when it was all announced about uh, the two Marks joining Spring Gas for the Enduros. And it was, you know, oh, well, who did Mark, dri- Mark Noski drive with last year? And I said, oh, it was Dale Wood. And, of course, across the Kelly Racing. So that's why, you know, he hasn't even been considered for the job at Spring Gas. And I guess it all worked out really well because he's moved on to another team and um, therefore it allows Mark Scaife to just come in and, and, you know, not put any noses out of joint. Um, Yeah, look, it should be interesting. I mean, uh, Bugs has had the year out of the V8 supercars and now I think we've only just started to... ...which are at Sandown. So... You know, that'll be a, a pretty strong combination. I Personally, I can't see them winning, but, you know, they could put in a strong showing. It is an interesting matchup, isn't it? Mark Noski is, a, is another one of those guys who is an excellent steerer, Gordo, and he was driving those uh, Lamborghinis and Ferraris there in the Pro Car Series for a long time. And uh, I just remember him at Wakefield Park. He came in for a pit stop with two laps to go. He came out a half a lap behind and he won the race. It was just an amazing piece of driving in very wet conditions. He uh, he took the gamble and went for the slicks with a lap and a half to go and, and won the race from a half a lap down. That's the type of driver he is. And I don't think he's ever shown his true colours in the V8 supercars. Yeah, I think... Um that's quite quite true. I think somewhat of an enigma uh, Mark Noski has been. I think, uh, in fact, if memory serves me rightly, he drove a Ferrari Formula One car as well at some stage down the track. Mm, certainly well credentialed. And Spring Gas Racing, well, <laughs> we've mentioned about this season and uh, it has been every part of the word disappointing. 
Moving on on the V8 Insiders, and we'll be back with plenty more, including the Ford Dane battle, right after this. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au, or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Uh, joining me, Craig Ravel, this week is Briar Gunther and Gordon Lomas, the Big Pond team that will be there covering all the action from Queensland Raceway in just two weeks' time. Guys, it's going to be a big one, isn't it? Yeah, you know, can't can't wait, really. Um, you know, uh, it, it's... You know, the season has really, really started to come to life the last few rounds. Where just as, you know, we, we thought earlier in the year when Jamie was winning, you know, race after race after race, um, you know, he's really, you know, Team Vodafone have really come back to the field. And I think, um, I think Jim Beam and uh, HRT in particular, among others, are really starting to, to lift their game and, uh, and put it to uh, Team Vodafone, uh, who, you know, at Sandown, uh, I think, you, you know, you'll both agree, they weren't really on their game in qualifying or... Uh, or certainly in uh, in pit stops. No, that's right, Briar. And it was very interesting to hear what uh, James Courtney said. It's nice to beat Team Vodafone with uh, the same equipment. Of course, they've got their own engines, so it's the same chassis. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and the, the other thing is that Steve Johnson, James Courtney's um, teammate, has uh, mentioned or indicated that the uh, the DJR engines aren't actually up to quite the same scratch as the Team Vodafone ones. So that's something they're working on uh, at the moment. Of course, in the lead up to Bathurst, um, you, you definitely need your, your engine power up there. So um, that's what we're working on at the moment. And of course, James had his first um, career race win uh, last year at Queensland Raceway. So that team will be expecting big things this, um, this weekend uh, in the next few weeks. It is going to be uh, a big build-up because just like the Holden announcement of Triple Eight going to uh, going to change marks, Queensland Raceway is marked with this battle that has uh, hotted up over the weekend and into this week, Briar, and and you broke uh, well, it was uh, Bruce Newton, of course, who broke the story or brokered the story about uh, Ford making some very interesting comments via email uh, about why they didn't go with Triple Eight. And uh, it's fascinating, isn't it, to see Ford trying to defend its position um, all over again virtually. That's right. Yeah, just a little bit of background. Um, Marin Barella, who's the Ford Australia president, sent out an email um, in response to Team Vodafone moving across to Ford, and he said they had to lose employees. And he stated that there's only one thing that we asked for, that's in Ford, and that was that the, the cars be blue, the Team Vodafone cars. And, um, of course, that couldn't be accommodated. Um, now, Roland's come, well, actually, what happened was last week as well, was um, at a, a press conference. Um, Marin also reiterated those comments. 
um, went on a little bit further to say that, you know, we don't really care about the disparity in the cars next year in terms of there being one-third uh, Fords to two-thirds Holdens and um, that, you know, that it will just uh, only allow more Holdens to crash into each other. So, that, you know, pretty inflammatory comments there. Um, but Roland's come out and said, look, that's not true. The, um, there's no, nowhere in our contract that stated that it had to be blue. Uh, that was negotiated on. Uh, you know, they were saying even the 2008 livery, which, of course, was the red and chrome Vodafone colours, you know, it does seem like they're the concerns about the blue livery are a bit unfounded um, if you go by what Roland says. So he sent out a, a reply email both to Marin and to his employees at Triple Eight. Uh, that's within Roland's employees at Triple Eight, uh, just outlining and rebutting um, everything that was said in the initial email. And Gordon, what was fascinating is that uh, one, this was an internal email that has been leaked to the press and two, Roland said it was some of the uh, Ford employees that sent him a copy of the email because uh, Ford has not once spoken to him since the uh, uh, about this whole thing in the last week or so. Yeah, you know, it's all very messy, isn't it? Um, it it's very, very unfortunate. But, uh, you know, and, and, and Roland's made the decision to, to go to Holden from next year. You know, and, and Ford really, I, I've got to say, and I've got to be very, very brutally honest here, they've got what they deserve. I mean, do they really expect the championship-winning team and the team that won the team's championship as well as the driver's championship last year, do they really expect them to run whole, um, Fords next year when there's absolutely zero funding or any factory, factory support there? I mean, you know, really. You know, the unfortunate part about it is that if Team Vodafone win Bathurst for a fourth consecutive time this year, you know... And, and they're obviously going for five next year. It's not going to be in a Ford. It's going to be in a Holden. So more fuel Ford. Yes, and, and I, I think uh, what uh, Roland was saying to me was, why wouldn't we go to an offer from Holden? That's $3 million that wasn't available anywhere else, but it was $3 million that knocked on their door and said, we want to give you this money. Yeah, look, I mean, if you cut out all the, all the rhetoric and all the, you know, all the animosity and whatever else is going on behind the scenes, I mean, at the end of the day, Roland Dane runs a business. He runs a sporting operation as well, which happens to be the race team. But he's got a business decision to make. He's made that decision, and so be it. And, and you know, in the best interests of his business operation, he has made that decision, and he's running with it. So, you know, it's caused, a, you know, it's ruffled feathers, it's stirred up a hornet's nest here and there, and fans are disgruntled. A lot of fans are disgruntled. But, hey, at the end of the day... They're not the ones who are paying money into his business operation. Do you reckon, Briar, that the, the response from Ford was more because people are ringing up the company and just going, you guys idiots, aren't you serious? Do you want us not to keep buying your cars? Do you think it was that was the real reason that this response came out? Look, it couldn't be. I mean, we've seen in the last couple of weeks... People, or fans of motorsport and fans in particular, are so incredibly passionate about it. So, you know, I know, like, uh, it was announced Ford was withdrawing its sponsor from Dick Johnson Racing, but all the fans already complained about that and they sent support to Dick and, you know, this was his last year. So, you know, I would imagine that that same response has been flowed onto Ford via its 
its um, fan and customer support base. So, I've, you know, look, that's maybe where it's come from. But, I mean, you know, some of the comments that they've made are just silly and it just sort of seems at the moment like they're not taking it anywhere near as seriously as what Holden are. I mean, Holden just come out. They've re-Australian motorsport. They've recommitted Holden Racing Team. They've their phone on board. You know, they don't even have the road at the moment. That position is vacant. It hasn't been filled since left it late last year. So you just have to wonder and question where for the is going with Australian motorsport and if they will in fact have any commitment at all. Yeah, Briar, that telephone line's uh, getting a bit bad. So I'll ask uh, the next question to uh, Gordon. Garth Tander, he re-signed with HRT. Did, you know, there was all this talk, oh, he's been talking to FPR, he's been talking here, talking there. Did he really have a choice? Garth Tander wants to win races and win championships. Yeah, look, I think, um, I think and I know, Garth had a number of options at his disposal that he was sort of weighing up behind the scenes. Um, and the fact that he's... he's you know, re-signed with Holden, um, the Toll Holden Racing Team. I, I think uh, I think that's great news. Um, uh, you know, the fact that he's sticking with the one particular brand. God knows what the reaction would have been if he had a sign with uh, with say a Stone Brothers or uh, or an FPR. Or, you know, picking up the two Ford factory teams. God, there would have been uh, you know there would have been anarchy amongst the ranks. But uh, do you know what the reaction know? would have been? The reaction would have been. Garth just kissed away any chance of a championship for the next four years because that's how far behind FBR and Stone Brothers Racing are. Yeah, yeah, no, no. From, that's from definitely from a championship point of view, but uh, but more so from the fans who who are absolutely uh, you know on the rev limit of following the Team Vodafone thing. Um, could you imagine? You know, a Holden stalwart. Garth has always been Holden ever since he entered. Um, V8 supercars from uh, from his Formula Ford days in the late 90s. Um, gee, you know, would have been interesting. But look, Garth, um, Garth, you know, he's a, he's a pro. He had a, he had a lot of opportunities uh, to go elsewhere. Um, but, you know, the deal's been done and, uh, and he's sticking with uh, Walkinshaw Racing. Guys, we'll take a break right here on the V8 Insiders. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. Hi, it's Bargs here. Jason Bargwana from the Sprint Gas Racing Team, and you are listening to V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Gordon Lomas and Briar Gunther. Gas and Go time here on the V8 Insiders. And it is Gas and Go brought to you by the latest edition of V8X Magazine. That's the one with the homeboys, the Jack Daniels Racing Crew on the cover. Number one to you, Briar Gunther. Would there be an outcry if James Moffat moved to Holden? He's currently running in the Fujitsu Series in a Ford and has been testing on uh, Monday with, uh, I think it was FPR. Yeah, look, I would have to say no on this one. Um, I mean, James is doing very well in the Fujitsu Series at the moment, but you know, he just doesn't seem to have that affinity that he, you know, his father did. So 
I mean, I would have to say that, you know, had he had any sort of recognition, had he been a Garth Tander or a Craig Lowndes or anyone like that, sure, there would have been or would be some sort of an uproar about that, you know, a bit of a defection. But at the moment, he's still forging a career for himself in V8 supercars or, you know, on the bottom levels of V8 supercars. So uh, I, don't, I couldn't see there being a public outcry Order. over that in this current climate. Down the track, if he gets a bit more famous and everything, I'd say, yeah, there would be. Got it. Yeah, look, I don't think I don't think there'd be any drama. I mean, he is the son of a gun, son of a Ford gun, but um, you know the fact that he's you know in uh, in reserve grade, so to speak, um, he hasn't taken the step to first grade uh, into the V8 Championship Series. Um, you know, uh, he's not outside purists. James Moffat is not a known quantity. He hasn't got the name that his father had yet. You know, down the track. You know, in five years' time, and James Moffat's a V8 supercar, you know, winner, and Andy decides to make a move, yes, there's probably going to be an outcry, but uh, too early to call now. Would there be an outcry if Stephen Johnson moved across the ranks to Holden, Gordon? Oh, you better believe it. I mean, um, you know, the, the, the Johnson family are, you know, even though they're not factory-supported, um, you know, anymore, um, they are, you know... Uh, dearly held in the Ford family and by Ford fans in particular. You know, the Ford fans absolutely love the Johnson family, you know, particularly in south-east Queensland, all over Queensland and, and Australia for that matter. So, uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, definitely you, you'd, you'd probably have a civil war. What's your thoughts down there in Victoria, Brian? Oh, without doubt some degree outcry. Is Adelaide opening the door or do they realise the writing's on the wall that they won't be the first race in the series, they'll just be the first Australian race, Briar? Yeah, look, they certainly are. They um, turned around last week and said, oh, look, you know, as long as we're still the, the first event in Australia, we don't have an issue with the first two V8 events of 2010 happening in the Middle East. Um, certainly, I think they, they have seen that the writing is on the wall. They'll of course, uh, fight viciously to, to make Clips or to keep Clipsal as the, the first event on Australian soil. Um, but yeah, basically they've, they've paved the way um, or given their blessing, I guess. Yeah, look, I, I, I certainly think um, uh, Adelaide, you know, maybe a month or two ago when, uh, you know, word was starting to spread around behind the scenes that, you know, this double header in the Middle East was. Uh, was going to open the championship in 2010 uh, was getting around they they may not have been you know fully across you know what was going on but uh, but certainly now you know they, they know what's going on um, they're up to speed with everything they're comfortable with the fact that they're going to be third cab off the rank so to speak personally I think the event and I know I've been a massive, massive supporter of Clipsal over the years. I, I personally think it's going to lose some luster. You've just got to look at the Grand Prix. You know, Melbourne being, you know, uh, the first Formula One race of the season has always had that air of expectation about it. And it's the same with V8 supercars. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, you know, if suddenly it's pushed back to you know, uh, the third round of the championship, even though it's the first one on, you know, uh, domestically, I just think it's going to lose a little bit of oomph. Will Power and Ryan Briscoe, and you could throw in Scott Dixon, winning every other week in the Indy Racing Series, why is it that Marcus Ambrose grabs all the headlines when he just wins one second-tier event every year? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, look, there's two parts to this. 
two uh, two parts. Um, one of them is that IndyCar, and uh, as you know, I've been a massive fan over the years of IndyCar racing. It, it has lost a lot of gloss, particularly since the breakaway in you know in the mid nineties, um, and it, it's not what it used to be. It's lost a lot of impetus. And and look, you know, good as Team Penske are. You know uh, who uh, who Ryan and and occasionally Will Powers driven for this year. As good as they are, their publicity machine doesn't reach Australia as deeply as Ambrose's publicity machine. And you know the, the other the other thing is that that NASCAR racing, as you know, is just absolutely massive in the states. And and the fact that Ambrose and I noticed on the NASCAR side today after Watkins Glen, you know, he won the nation ride. Wide, wide race and then finished second in the postponed sprint cup race I noticed on the, on the home page that you know this, the headlines were that you know Marcus Ambrose from outsider to contender and I mean hey he's made the big time he's there he is in the big time Briar is it just BAM media are better than the combined indie series media yeah, look, when you sent me that alerting you to what question you're going to ask, I had a good think that, yes, that is one of the reasons that their relationship with Marcus Ambrose is they're always sending through updates from Marcus overseas and in the United States, of course, and it just um, goes so far to help him, you know, can't watch the races live because they're on TV between us, is that they know what's going on and what he's up to. We don't have support, I guess, if you like, from uh, from the other countries. The other reason I simply because V8 Supercars is the most dominant motorsport category in Australia and Marcus has come from there, is that the, the V8 fans want to keep track of what's going on with him over there. So I think that's why the positive of Marcus is, is a lot larger than the others like Power and all right, this one, last one, is actually just for Gordo. Morgan Park entered the national championship class last weekend with, of course, the Shannons Nationals up there. Is this a southeast Queensland option for the V8 supercars? Yeah, I must say, first up, uh, it was a massive weekend last weekend. I didn't go up personally myself, but I've spoken to a few people who were, were competing there. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it's certainly... Um, uh, certainly drew some uh, drew some fans there. Um, look to, to get to the question. No, um, for people who don't know where Morgan Park is, it's at a town called Warwick, which is uh, about an hour and a half's drive southwest of Brisbane on the Cunningham Highway. Um, Morgan Park. Uh, I actually drove there myself about two years ago. I drove the Skelter G-Force there in a test. It's a really tight little track, a lot of quick changes of direction, not big enough. They need to do a massive amount of work there to, to bring it up to V8 supercar spec. And also, infrastructure-wise, you know, they couldn't accommodate a crowd of, you know, 20,000, 30,000 people. All right, then. Look, guys, uh, Briar, thanks for struggling on with that uh, telephone line. Obviously, it's uh, it's not a well-known uh, brand name you're using down there in Victoria that might be involved in uh, V8 supercar racing. We'll have to get you fixed up before the next time you're on. And, of course, to you, Gordon, it's always a pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks, Craig. That's all we have time for this week on the V8 Insiders. Check a flag waves. Keep smiling. And bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.